Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, hook them up. 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. Hook up, rolls on hour two of our five-hour Monday conversation. The good, the bad, and the ugly from the busy weekend. Appreciate you weighing in on the uh, text line, 512-447-3776. This says, guys, went to both softball and baseball games over the weekend. Friday and Saturday, CDC is an A-plus with the fan experience. Yeti Yard was a frat party Friday night. Softball needs a scoreboard or a small video board or a wall on top of their training center because fans sitting in center field can't see the scoreboard. But other than that, it was a great, great night. And as we said off the top of the show, hopefully whatever you did this weekend, it involved being outside. Yes, sir. And enjoying some uh, unseasonably warm conditions. You know, the average temperature for this time of year is about 60, 65 degrees, and it was 85 degrees over the weekend. And that will continue today into tomorrow and even Wednesday. It's supposed to dip with a cold front on Thursday, but right back into the 80s by this coming weekend. So we'll certainly take it, Rod. That's Mother why you pay those kind. high, pri- high uh, property taxes, man, so you can get 80 degrees in, in, at the end of February. It's a beautiful thing. It's like snowing in other parts of the country. It's cold. Not in Austin. Yes. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh probably. I know we'll, we'll probably get another cold snap, I'm sure, before the spring hits or anything like that. But um, still it's good to have 80-something degrees on the weekend. In Austin, Texas. Not bad. In February. Well, the only, the only concern is, what's that mean for the summer? We're already at 85 in February. What are we doing here? Oh, we don't. <laughs> you know, we, we don't get cool summers anymore. We, I know. Yeah, I we know. don't even wish for that, man. We know we're going to get them string. We're going to set some records like we do every summer. We're going to get a string of triple-digit days. I don't know how long that's going to last, but we know we're going to get – Probably a double-digit, triple-digit <laughs> uh, degrees in a row. Those, those triple-digit days in a row, we'll probably get like eight, nine, ten of them in a row. Hey, man, it's, that's part of living in Texas. Just part take, of living in Texas. Yeah, you said two, we're in a two-shower state. Got to shower <laughs> yeah, twice. No question about yeah, that. Yeah, twice a day. Make sure you don't, you don't have that B.O. Yeah, well, yeah. whatever you were doing, hopefully you're outside. And uh, Ty Henderson, our producer, you, uh, you were planning to take in the Yeti yard at some point this weekend. Did you get out to the dish this weekend, take in some baseball? I went to the game on Saturday. And? It was fun. Good times? My, my friends good were a little times. too drunk. I was by far the most sober person there, but it was, Ooh, it was a good time. Good. Uh, no, I mean, the, the energy there, that they were accepted. So no, no problems were caused. Were there... Uh, nice. But, so what was your read of the Yeti Yard? Good time? I did not go to the Yeti Yard, actually. Okay. I, um, I, I bought tickets for $7 and found seats, but it was... Uh, I mean, it looked cool out there. It looked like you had a lot of standing if you don't have a chair, but it, I mean, it looked like a lot of people were coming in and out. Drinks are flowing. Drinks are flowing. Everybody having a good old time. And, uh, yeah, it was just a good good uh, weekend to be outside doing something, sitting watching a ball game, uh, you know, getting out on the lake, doing whatever you're doing. It was a good weekend for sure for that. Uh, let's get you caught up on the uh, sports of the weekend. If you were uh, out and about and not paying attention as uh, closely as you usually do, let's get you come make sure you're fully in the know as you get up and out. Top Gun Reynolds and Lana Quinn bring you the top stories. We'll start over at the dish. Yeah, UFCU dish fall field. Heck of a weekend for David Pearson, his 16th-ranked Longhorns. They finish off a three-game sweep of Cal Poly with a 7-0 win yesterday. 
Uh, add that result to a 6 nothing win Saturday, 2 nothing win Friday, and you get the picture. Longhorns three wins and 15 runs, three losses and zero runs for the Mustangs. Uh, it's the third time in program history. Texas held an opponent scoreless for an entire three-game series, first time since 2022. Horns now 6-1. and one. They wrap up their eight-game season opening homestand tomorrow night, hosting St. John's at the Dish before hitting the road to Houston for that Astros Foundation College Classic this weekend. Across the street at McCombs Field, strong weekend for the second-ranked Texas softball team. They posted four more wins as host of the Lone Star Invitational. Two wins over Louisiana, two over Colorado State. The now 12-1 and one Horns did suffer their first loss of the season Saturday night. They fell to 12th-ranked uh, 12th Stanford, four three in extra frames it was a uh, one and one weekend for texas basketball texas women went to orlando and rolled past central florida 87 56 they've won eight in a row now have a big showdown game this wednesday night at oklahoma that's for first place in the big 12 texas men meanwhile got trounced on the road for a second straight saturday ninth ranked kansas shot 63 percent from the field rolled to an 86 67 win at allen Fieldhouse. horns will face another tough road test tomorrow night when they travel to Lubbock to face Texas Tech. Rough start to the 2024 campaign for Austin FC as well. They um, That usually frenzied sellout crowd at Q2 Stadium was certainly there. They went home disappointed following a 2-1 loss to Minnesota United. Team played the game without their team captain, Sebastian Driussi. He missed the match with a hamstring injury, suffered during training last week. Their top center back, Leo Weissenden, also went down half hour into the match with a foot injury. His availability for their trip to Seattle this weekend is uncertain. And in the NBA, safe to say, tough Sunday for the Texas trio. How about three losses by a combined 64 points by the Spurs, Mavericks, and Rockets yesterday. Dallas had won seven in a row. They rolled into Indianapolis, got steamrolled by the Pacers, 133-111. Former Longhorn Miles Turner led the way with 33. Houston lost at home to Oak City, and uh, the Spurs got drubbed in Utah. Horn headlines brought to you by Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment. A new year and a new store. Come see our new beauty location at 200 Trademark Drive to rent, buy, or repair any construction and lawn equipment you need. TopGun.net. We'll shoot you straight. All right, we'll get to uh, my rant because I want to – actually, I got, I got a piece of sound, a piece of audio that I sent Todd that's going to be, I think, pretty surprising to people. Um, and it's about who is going to mm, put, potentially contend with the Kansas City Chiefs, right? Somebody has got to, you know, disrupt this dynastic run that they're on. Um, and there's an analyst who, you know, he's got, he's got a prediction on what team that could be. Okay. Um, so we'll talk about that in Rosh Round today. But, of course, we've been ranting all day uh, and, and so far talking about the news, the big news over the weekend that the state of Tennessee, um, which was backing the University of Tennessee, the state institution, in their lawsuit against the NCAA, just to throw it out there in layman's terms because we don't know the legalese, uh, there was an argument about whether it, the, the University of Tennessee broke NIL rules, NCAA's rules. So they sued the NCAA. And essentially, their claim is that we followed NIL laws in our state, so our laws trump your rules. So, yes, in your eyes, we may have broken your rules, but your rules don't apply because we're going by our state's laws. And this is probably going to come to a point of critical mass in almost every state where the NCAA's rules in some way conflict with the state laws. Um, we even in Texas, right, there was a situation where the NCAA advised the schools, hey, follow our rules, not your state's laws. And I think the state institutions for Texas actually decided, hey, okay, NCAA, we'll follow your rules. Um, but the state of Tennessee did not. Um, so the judge granted an injunction in, in Tennessee versus uh, the NCAA as the federal court decided to freeze the NIL rules of the NCAA, which means now inducements 
while this while this I don't know this injunction is in place, the the inducement rule does not apply, which means you can now use inducements <laughs> to recruit players and transfers. Um, there you go. I mean, what you couldn't do forever in college sports now you could. I mean, essentially, depending on how you interpret the the laws in your states and the NCAA rules, um, right now inducements are legal. Before you could not get an in, in NIL deal or couldn't be offered any NIL opportunity at all until you signed your letter of intent to be a student athlete on campus, and then they can shower you with NIL deals. But prior to that. There really couldn't be any conversation about dollar figures and about NIL deals specifically and opportunities. That was considered an inducement. Yes, it was going on anyway. But now it is totally above board. Straight, it, the way it's interpreted, there are some schools and institutes that may decide, no, we can just straight up start offering dollar figures or we can negotiate dollar figures during recruitment. Well, and the, 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 there's a reason the NCAA continues to lose in court um, because – you know, the, the, they they lived forever on the the term amateurism, right? They're amateurs. Student athletes. So we can, you know, gosh, the Olympics had to deal with this 30 years ago. Uh, yeah. You know, when the Olympics was trying to call the athletes that participated amateurs, uh, and they we didn't have to pay them uh, while we're raking in a fortune, you know, televising the Olympics worldwide. Yeah. They're not. They're not. They're amateurs. They're amateurs. Well, look, that's been that that that's been thrown out long ago. So once you, once you can't hang in the NCAA and college athletics. You can't hang on the term amateur. Well, now you're in violation of antitrust laws. Yes, you are. Right? I mean, and most specifically, the Sherman Act of 1890, Rod. Come on now. Uh, Long time ago. Which prohibits anti-competitive agreements, unilateral conduct that monopolizes or attempts to monopolize the relevant market. So essentially saying if you guys are collecting all this money and not allowing the product, the players, Mm -hmm. to share in it, that's against the law. It's against the law. Man. That's against the law. It's and it's against it's the Sherman. It's un-American. It's un-American. <laughs> so we, we keep getting these texts from people saying, well, these judges are wrong. That's a fanboy judge in Tennessee. No, it's a judge who's reading the law. Mm. The law doesn't make sense. Yeah. Uh, their, their, their system doesn't work. Quit saying free tuition and free education. And like, I'm paying for some you know, kids in college right now. I get it. Yeah. Uh, it, it. It's a benefit without a doubt, but it's <laughs> against the law. It's against the law. And yeah. they have not figured out a way. Uh, and this is a great text, too, by the way, because I had not seen this. A texter of ours uh, sent us it says, guys, Darren Heitner, an NIL lawyer and University of Miami school University of Miami Law School professor had this tweet over the weekend. A common immediate reaction to the NCAA losing a court battle is that the NCAA is dead. That is incorrect. While the NCAA continues to be weakened with each loss, it remains alive as long as schools continue to be voluntary members of the association. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the, to, you to just blame the NCAA is wrong. He's right. The schools who voluntarily, um, you know, are, are become yeah. are members of the NCAA's association create a new one. He's right. Get out and create a new one that's fair and is in, and, and and follows the law mm-hmm. of our country. Yeah. Uh, you got you're the the school presidents and then vis a vis that the conferences are the ones who have to change this. I agree with that because they're going to continue to lose in court. They don't have a leg yeah. to stand on once the word amateur is out. Yeah, they that's why they no longer enforce the transfer portal rules about penalizing players for multiple time transfers because every time they go to court, and Nick Saban said this by the way, they lose. They lose. <laughs> they lose because the courts are like, "No, you're you're the one operating as a borderline criminal syndicate in this country. <laughs> the the players are just trying to get some freedom. We're going to side with the players on this." And like I said, the highest court in the land, as you mentioned, the Supreme Court is also implied send us more cases against the NCAA so we can help you destroy this organization or at least we can 
we can keep, continue to emasculate them and continue to take you know power away from them, and that's what that's what's happening right now. So I'm with you. I don't I don't know when the the powers that be in college football are going to decide to emancipate themselves from the NCAA, but yeah, sooner rather than later. I mean, the time is now. Well, They're weak now. <laughs> well, I, I, you know, this is because now we're getting the text and the messages. People saying, "Well, this new system sucks." Well, it it does. It does. It does. No, there's that's no true. doubt about yeah, that. No, yeah. <laughs> and it's unsustainable. But the old system it's, was illegal. This is this is this is <laughs> honestly, this, you know, this guys, this is an overcorrection. Yeah, one hundred percent. This is an overcorrection for all the years that they abused the system and they essentially were, you know. Basically, using these student athletes, right, as a workforce to make millions, pay, exactly to make millions now billions, and not paying them what their actual market value may be. And now the free market, which is a nil, the great compromise, the free market has now penetrated college sports. There is no stopping it. I mean, capitalism is a force of nature for a reason, and I, the NCAA has fought against the free market for years, so on the years, decades, and now officially it's here. And I, I said years ago, the NIL, basically the NCAA is a dinosaur. The NIL is the asteroid. It is going to destroy that organization. And likewise, it's also such a force of nature, the, the free market is in capitalism, it's probably going to destroy college sports as we know it, and then it'll have to be rebuilt after that. Well, not, it, not destroy where we you know, won't have any sports to watch, but in terms of the college sports that we know and love and amateurism and, uh, you know, players who are student athletes first, and that's, that's probably done. We're yeah. probably now closer to a professional model and play, paying, what, paying players and student athletes what they're worth in the free market. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that, you know, the overcorrection was caused, as we said, by years and years and years and decades of – sticking your head in the sand yeah. and standing on the amateurism thing and not changing. Because guess what? If you had been a little more flexible and changed your rules oh, along man. the way in an incremental yeah. way, we may not have ended up in court. Mm-hmm. You may, you, the, student, the, the student athletes would have had to go to court to fight. They would have been, oh, okay, we're good. We're getting a little bit of this. Yeah, we're, yeah. we're in the game. Yeah, exactly. We're in the game. Yeah. Um, I can't guarantee that, but at the same time, it wouldn't be this bad. It wouldn't be this Because you would have been changing along the way, evolving along the way, and structures would have been put in place. Instead, you know, here we are. Uh, and welcome to uh, I'll, I'll the watershed. I'll say this, though. I, and this goes back, to, I think, the, the root of the NCAA issue. Keep in mind the NCAA was founded – as a corrupt entity, it was not. It's not like capitalism or like you know, hell, democracy, where it, it, it was corrupted at one time. It was founded corrupt. Uh, Walter Byers, he's the first executive director of the NCAA, first ever. He's the he's the George Washington of the NCAA. He really is. Go go, go look it up yourself. He wrote a book toward the end of his life because I think he was feeling a little guilty. <laughs> He called it unsportsmanlike conduct, exploiting college athletes. Like I said, this would be like one of our founding fathers turning their back on democracy. Yeah. <laughs> right? um, he said he turned against the NCAA. He said um, they developed the term student athlete in order to insulate the colleges from having to provide long term disability payments to players injured while playing their sports. He admitted that was the whole for- reason for it. Uh, it wasn't so they can provide them with education. It wasn't so they could protect amateurism. No, no, no. We didn't want to have to pay for these guys if they got hurt because then that would make them employees. Um, Byer said that Congress should enact a comprehensive college athletes' bill of rights. And he said that the federal government should require all right, the deregulation of a monopoly business operated by not-for-profit 
institutions contracted together to achieve maximum financial returns. College amateurism is an economic camouflage for monopoly practice, one which operates an airtight racket of supplying cheap athletic labor. Guys, that is the founding father of the NCAA. First executive director telling you, yeah, the whole purpose of it was so that we could, you know, not have to pay people who, who got injured while playing their sport. And, yes, it was all economic camouflage so that we can operate as, what, an antitrust yeah. <laughs> entity in America, even though we know it's a violation of the law. We just found loopholes. Yep. And amateurism was the loophole. Yes. Uh, and now that's all been torn down. Yes. Uh, without a doubt. Yeah. All right, good stuff right there. We'll take your thoughts on it. 512-447-3776. For the end of the hour, we'll get some bullish or BS on the uh, weekend's events. First, though, Rod's got his first rant of a Monday. Rod's rant of the day is brought to you by Apple Leasing, the easiest and safest way to get a new car. Any make, any model. Click AppleLeasing.com and experience how easy it is. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. Find out what happens when people stop being polite. And start getting real. You ain't keeping it real. My God! Okay, it's happening. Everybody stay calm. Bro, oh, you've done it now. It's time for Rod's Rant of the Day. Hold on to your butts. All right, let's get into uh, the my uh, rant here. I heard this audio um, of Nick Wright. And Nick Wright does a great job. Uh, used to do radio at H-Town. Um, I was a, uh, actually got a chance to, to meet Nick Wright a few times, and he did great radio in H-Town, and now he's kind of blown up and does, uh, I believe his first things first is what he was on. Um, and he was talking about the Kansas City Chiefs, which he often does. He's probably the biggest Kansas City Chiefs homer out there. But he's been on the bandwagon for forever, even before you know Patrick Mahomes became goat-ish. Um, and the question has come up and surfaced I think on multiple platforms when discussing the Chiefs who's going to contend with them right who is going to be uh, the team that can rise up maybe disrupt this dynastic run that they're on at one point we theorized it could be the Texans on this show me and I talked about it Um, Nick Wright actually agrees here's the audio my cheat answer is there is no threat. But if I have to give an actual team, let's just look to the history. In this five-year run, the one time they didn't win the AFC, the Bengals beat them. But I don't think it's the Bengals. I think it's a team that can follow that blueprint, which is uh, consistency at the coach and coordinator spot, superstar quarterback, has drafted really well, and can overspend in this free agency period because they have the quarterback so cheap, and that's the Houston Texans. Joe Burrow was in year two. They had drafted T. Higgins. They had drafted Jamar, or they were drafting Jamar that next year. They have Tank Dell coming back. Slowick didn't go anywhere. I think D'Amico's excellent. They have their left and right tackle in place. They got to spend money on defense like Cincinnati did, and then maybe they can take a big leap. So my answer would be Houston because they can do win now stuff that doesn't hurt them long term yep. because CJ's so cheap over the next three years. It's the smart no, thing to do, and they already showed their legitimate playoff team. All right, there you go. Dick Wright. I said Kansas City Chiefs Homer. Uh, and bandwagon fan, he says that the team that he believes can threaten the Kansas City Chiefs in the near future will be the Texans, 
Uh, we agree or disagree. I, I think, well, I think we already talked about it, that it was a possibility. They got to make big moves this offseason. They have the money to do it. Um, they got $68 million or something like that, Some, uh, I believe something like that in cap space. They're top 10 in terms of cap, uh, available cap space. Uh, Nick Casario has made some really good decisions, and he's had some really good drafts so far. If they make the right acquisitions in the offseason, do we believe that you know the Texans can actually threaten the Kansas City Chiefs? Well, look, I mean, we're both Texans fans, but at the same time, I think everything Nick Wright said has echoed what we said when we had the debate a few weeks ago. I mean, what, what are you looking for if you're going to be able to beat Patrick Mahomes? You need an elite quarterback, and at least in year one, C.J. Stroud showed he has a chance to be that type of quarterback. Uh, Ty and others would say, well, you know, Dak Prescott was amazing as a rookie, and what happened? We'll see, right? I mean, but, but C.J. Stroud was the, the first or second pick of this draft. I mean, he was seen as the top prospect and lived up to the billing, much like Joe Burrow. Yeah. Uh, and I think the Joe Burrow comparison point. is spot on. Joe Burrow was the first pick of the draft uh, coming out of LSU and, and, you know, lived up to it. His in injuries have been his biggest problem. Uh, but he did beat Patrick Mahomes in Arrowhead Stadium uh, to go to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. So, you know, C.J. Stroud has some of those comparables. And, yes, uh, one of the great advantages in football, right, is to have a, a quarterback on a rookie contract who's way exceeding that rookie contract. So, look, I mean, when free agency begins next month, they really could go in and potentially overpay for Saquon Barkley. They could. Because, as he just said, having the quarterback on the rookie deal allows you to do some things financially that maybe you normally wouldn't do. Right? You can, you can bend the rules a little bit and overpay for a running back because that, that type of playmaker with that quarterback and those receivers – you know, we'll pay huge dividends and, and give you a chance, right? Yep. And then, as he said, you can invest in defense. You can you, – because rules you want – to run a great organization, you don't want to overspend in free agency. Uh, you want to play win with draft picks. But in this window here of the next two, three years where CJ's still on the rookie deal – you can bend the rules, Rod. You can sure. sign a running back for maybe over market. You can overspend on the free agent market to fill some holes on defense while you use your draft picks to make a run at it. We saw Russell Wilson do it in Seattle uh, when they made runs back-to-back to the Super Bowl because he was on a rookie deal. We saw Joe Burrow do it. We saw Patrick Mahomes do it before he got his big deal. And now the, you know, the Texans are the latest team who can make a run. The argument against the other teams in the AFC is – you know, Justin Herbert just got his bag of money. I mean, Josh Allen's been paid. Now Joe Burrow just got paid. They don't have the flexibility on the open market to do these things, to build a roster. Maybe they can go in and beat Patrick Mahomes. Free agent uh, running back Saquon Barkley uh, has followed – how about this? He started following Devin Singletary, <laughs> the, uh, the Texas running back, and also started following Tank Dell, Nico Collins, C.J. Stroud, and Brevin Jordan. Started out there on social media that people have noticed that. Yep. So maybe Saquon is uh, trying to tell us something. Got some throwing some clues out there about where he's going to end up. And I was wrong. Texas have 64 million in cap space. So they have the seventh most cap space. Um, that 68 million was a projection. But right now, since the cap is in, and by the way, the NFL cap is unprecedented. Now it's at 255 million. It went up more than 30 million dollars. It had not gone up that much. That was the biggest increase in the history of the NFL salary cap. So teams had a lot more money than they thought. So Texas will have $64 million in cap space, the seventh most cap space in the league. And they have another really good draft because Nick Cazares had some really good drafts. Um, I mean, this draft class could be really important for the Texans because they've had a lot of rookies contribute. And now they're starting to try to draft more foundational pieces. And remember, they Casario signed a lot of guys to one- and two-year deals, mercenary deals. Texas actually one of the oldest teams in the NFL. It was because they had so many mercenary deals with older players. I think that's why a lot of talk about them letting, you know, 
Grenard walk. They're letting a lot of players leave because now they have these young players they want to start building with. You're C.J. Stroud. You're Nico Collins. You're Tank Dales. You're, you know, the offensive line is pretty much done. But on the, offense, on the defensive side, you know, you're Will Anderson. You're, you know, Derek Stingley. You're Jalen Petrie. you got your young core nucleus now. And now you got to start building younger guys around that core already. Right. Well, know. and look, I mean, he, he, you know, C.J.'s got to continue to get better and evolve. D'Amico Ryans has to continue to evolve as a coach. But when you're talking about – you talk about five-year windows, right? Uh, all the time. The, the window is just opening for Houston, uh, and that's what I think Nick Wright is talking about. That's what we're talking about. Uh, can you capitalize? That's why we talk about the Cowboys and say they didn't capitalize on their window. No, they missed it. Uh, they missed the window, and now you're to a point where you know your quarterback is a $60 million cap hit, and you've got to figure that out, and you're going to lose some good players. Um, you know, the team in the NFC that's got the window now is San Francisco because they've yeah, got a quarterback on a rookie deal. Exactly right. And, uh, you know, they, they weren't able to finish the deal on uh, Super Bowl all Sunday. You, oh, you end up – your quarterback ends up the best quarterback in the league like Patrick Holmes, and the window doesn't apply to you anymore. That's exactly right. The window, <laughs> the window no longer applies. <laughs> guys, he's that damn good. And, that, and he right? picked up the, the baton from the guy Brady. Tom Brady. Yeah, the window didn't apply to Brady. And much like Brady, the uh, – you know, the, the word is from, from Patrick Mahomes, he's willing to take less money than market value to keep good players and keep winning because he, yeah. he's in, intoxicated by the winning now. Wow, son of a gun. You got one of those. Got like one Tim, of those Like guys. Tim Duncan, you know, he's yeah. like, I'll take a little less money. I'm cool. And Brady did it for year after year. I Tim, mean, Tim Duncan did it like twice, I think, too, for the Spurs. Yes, he did. Helped them keep it together, too. Yes, he did. Those other, man, those kind of athletes are rare. They're they rare are. these days. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I can't criticize an athlete ever for taking macro market value. You no, should get you what should. you deserve. Matter of I mean, fact, the players' associations don't like you taking less money. No, it, they, it, actually, they, they actually advise against it because they say you're hurting the entire market. Yep. Yeah. 100%. All right, good stuff in Rod's rant. We're also taking your thoughts on the NCAA, and, of course, it's college athletics. I mean, the, I think oh. sometimes we over we, – we make – somebody texted here, the NCAA, the boogeyman. It's true. The NCAA is a front for the colleges and the presidents to put it on to somebody else. It's, it's them. They're the ones that run this operation. You're right. It's They're like the, the owners in Goodell. Yes, like, it like, is. It's Goodell's part. It's like, what's the owners? Yes. Those guys. <laughs> it's the school presidents, yeah. folks. It's the yeah. school presidents, That's administrators, conference commissioners. Because school presidents elect the conference commissioners. Yeah. They hire the conference commissioner. So the commissioner is a shield for the school presidents. The NCAA, uh, it's a voluntary organization. The school president, the schools that That's are true. taking the billions yeah. can change it. They're the ones to fix it. Yeah, I know you, it's weird when you say voluntary, but it is. Yes, like they could leave. They could. <laughs> they, could. They, could. they just don't. You, you're right because they kind of like that. They they like having that cover. Oh, for sure. They like that cover. They want because they, there's some unpopular decision. They were like, man, NCAA did. It's like, well, no, y'all did it. Y'all, y'all are the ones who appointed those people. Y'all supported all this. Correct. Oh, that's good. That was put in place by the schools to give them some governing, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, and oversight. Yeah. All right, we'll come back. We'll take your thoughts there. Plus, we got bullish or BS for the end of the hour. Good, bad, and ugly Monday. I'll hook them up with Ian Rodby. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers. Hook them up. 1019 AM 1260. The Horn. Hope you had a great weekend. If you're outside, you probably did. It was beautiful in Austin, Texas, all through Central Texas, and a uh, great weekend. We're talking uh, all things college football, college athletics, the NCAA, on the latest ruling that came down on Friday, another hit to uh, the NCAA and its governance of college athletics, the uh, the judge ruling that inducements are legal. The state law in Tennessee trumps yeah. the NCAA's rules on inducing players with uh, financial gain. Yeah. So uh, the bag of money is now legal in Tennessee, at least. In Tennessee, it is, <laughs> and I guarantee other states are going to say, "Well, if Tennessee won, yeah, we can win. Well, why don't we challenge it? 
All right. So uh, we'll see. I mean, more questions and answers on how they proceed and move forward uh, in the wild, wild west of college athletics. Also, Rod, it's, it's fair to say we'll do some bullish or BS coming up, the, uh, the bullish and BS topics of the weekend. Um, including some some videos that that have surfaced over the weekend. Uh, wildest video though came from Cam Newton. Did you see the Cam Newton video? I did see that. Cam I don't know, Newton if you haven't video. seen this, this is crazy. Cam Newton was at a seven on seven youth football tournament in Atlanta, mm-hmm. and looks like video shows Newton. He's wearing one of his his you know trademark goofy looking hats, he like is. one of his big uh, Dr. Seuss hats. I don't understand what's happening here. And he got like jumped by three people at the top of some steps. I don't get it. And big old 6'5", 240-pound Cam Newton getting jumped by three dudes, but he he treated them like ragdolls, right? Man, they don't they don't understand what this how big that dude is. <laughs> they obviously they they miscalculated cuz Cam is huge. Cam's a big boy. Cam Newton is was bigger than most NFL defenders. See, I'll give you I'll give you a Cam Newton stat here. This is, and this comes from 2015, all right? So keep in mind, 2015. And Cam Newton stands at 6'5". He's like 6'5", 250. Yeah. <laughs> and solid, like built like a superhero. The, the, in that season, 2015, there were 828 players to log a snap on defense. Newton, Cam Newton was taller than 90% of those 828. And he NFL got, players. NFL, no, defense, NFL <laughs> defenders. There were 828 players in 2015 that logged a snap on defense. Cam Newton was taller than 90% of them, and he outweighed 52% of them. And of those 828 defensive players, only 9.5% matched his height and weight combination. So less than 10% of NFL defenders are as big and as tall as Cam Newton. Dude, he's mammoth. He's huge. He's huge. Well, what are you and, doing? There's got three of us. We can take him. Wrong. Wrong. <laughs> Wrong. Well, the video lasts about 30 seconds. Oh, man. Or the altercation is broken up by a policeman. Uh, Wrong. An event security at the Wee Ball Sports and Dynasty U, the 7-on-7 seven seven tournament at Best Academy in Atlanta. What are you doing? The 7-on-7 seven seven tournament. And so Cam, he, he, he ragdolls one guy who comes after him. He's got another guy by his dreadlocks. They're right. trying to land blows. They can't reach him because he's so damn tall. And he's just – that was impressive. He was throwing guys around, and then the security showed up and, you know, put an end to it. But uh, they think? did no damage to Cam. Three Come dudes. Come on, man. Cam got that dog in him. What <laughs> you know talking about? He got that dog. He got that wolf in him. Uh, and, no man, one really knows what set off the, uh, the, the situation. I don't know but. why these kids – remember – I don't know how old these kids are that's going after Cam, by the way. Because remember when Cam was at that seven, he, he was because he goes to these things to try to support young people. So he goes to these spaces, which is really damn cool. I mean, he's an MVP in the NFL. And remember the kid was talking trash to him and mocking him. Remember it was like a teenager. There was a video of a kid like talking trash to Cam Newton and mocking him, talking about how he wasn't that good in the NFL and all that kind of stuff. And I don't know why the kids disrespect Cam like that. That's ridiculous. That's, I wouldn't disrespect any play, any guy that played in the league. But he's an MVP in the league. He wasn't no scrub. That's crazy. I don't know what's going on with the, the disrespect of the young generation toward Cam Newton. Maybe because he talks a lot on his podcast and makes controversial statements. Cam Newton was a beast, y'all. Cam Newton led Auburn to a national title. You know how many guys played on that team with him that actually played a snap in the NFL? One on offense. One player on offense. There was one O-lineman that started an NFL game on that Auburn offense. And no other player recorded in a reception, a rush attempt, or a pass attempt in the, in the NFL. He put that team on his back. That was one of the greatest runs I've ever seen for a college. It was more impressive, honestly, than B.Y. winning the national title just because it was him by himself. Was 
It was him by himself. It was just him out yeah, there. Texas it's had a one-man show. Yeah. And Vince was awesome. But he was yeah. awesome, but they had first-round picks all over that damn roster. Yep. Now that we can, he was doing that by himself, man. That, that offense was pedestrian. Yeah. Single-handedly. Uh, almost took Auburn to the, nat- yeah. to the natty. Uh, and then he was an NFL MVP in 2015. But uh, I'm not sure what the whole jumped situation was. But something was going down at the seven-on-seven tournament, and Cam got the better of it. Or he didn't get, you know, he just, he just handled the situation. Yeah, Handled yeah, his business. Yeah. Three guys. Can you imagine three guys trying to jump bum on rushed him? He bum-rushed him. And he just, man, he, he just laid some, he laid some blows, some haymakers. All right. Uh, all right, good. Uh, that was certainly some ugly from the weekend, but it actually turned that. out to be good and a good, bad, and ugly Monday. Also ugly from the weekend, Rod, do we talk about Texas baseball being dominant, Texas softball off to a 12-1 start, Texas women's basketball have won eight in a row. The ugly is Texas basketball. For the second consecutive Saturday, Rod, they got, uh, speaking of bum-rushed, mm. uh, they got rolled at Kansas. Last Saturday it was Houston. Uh, Houston, by the way, when the polls come out today, will likely be number one in the country. Uh, they'll be the number one team in the yeah. land because they won again over the weekend, won in overtime, beat Baylor in Waco. So Kelvin Sampson's team continues to uh, to push forward. They'll probably be number one when the polls come out. Because remember, both uh, Purdue and UConn lost games last week. Yeah. Uh, Houston's going to be – they're sitting atop the Big 12. But So no shame in losing. But uh, for back-to-back weekends, it, you know, Rodney Terry's team was non-competitive, like uh, blown off the floor. And um, it, it's not getting better for Texas. They go to Texas Tech tomorrow night to play the – the, the the Red Raiders who are sitting third tied for third place in the Big Twelve right now. Y'all be ruckus too, man. They already camped out. And it's amazing how how similar the two games were, the Houston game and the Kansas game for Texas. They had it, you know, midway through the first half it was like, you know, set fifteen fifteen. Um and they actually took a lead. Same thing in Houston last Saturday where it was like seventeen seventeen. And then, you know, the couple of adjustments from the side courts from the sidelines for Bill Sell for Kelvin Sampson. And next thing you know it's like you're down twenty five mm. before halftime. Yeah. Like um, you know, the, the the guard play continues to be poor. And the, the thing that I've talked about all year long is the defense. I mean, they just – Kansas shot 63%. That's crazy. And I'll say this, and I know, I know Ty, you know K.J. Adams, the uh, the forward from Westlake who plays for Kansas. He's been there several years now. He's one of their, their foundation players. The next time he goes left rod will be the first time. <laughs> Why do you continue to allow him to take his Easy dribble to drive to the right side? Yeah. Like, come on, man. This yeah. is basic defense. He doesn't go left. He Why are you – overplay him. Yep. But Never over just. and over again, he got wherever he wanted to go on the floor. Hmm. Uh, frustrating. Frustrating for Texas. Uh, you know, this is a 6-8 and eight team now in Big 12 play, as we've said. If they just win their home games with Oklahoma and Oklahoma State the rest of the way, they'll probably be in the tournament. Uh, but at the same time, uh, you know, when they match up against uh, – because, look, they've beaten Baylor this year. They've beaten some good teams, but at the same time, it feels like the team is 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 getting worse, not better, right now. Uh, well, they, you just don't. There's no linear, like linear trajectory of improvement, right? It seems like it's sporadic. Like Even the said. game they won last week against K State here was ugly. Yeah, like they, they were fortunate to win it because Dylan DeSue yeah, said, right. "Let me let me carry us to a win here." Uh, they're they play Texas Tech tomorrow night, then they come home this Saturday for Oklahoma State before going to Baylor, and they have one more home game. But uh, that was ugly uh, because it was it they was just name the score if you're if you were Kansas. They just don't, their identity is pretty much Dylan DeSue. They don't have a brand of basketball they play. That's why it's I think tough when they play a good team they get exposed. When they play a good team that has a true identity and a brand of basketball that they uh, champion and that they have kind of perfected the, the, the Texas identity gets lost. And they don't really have one. Um, but they, they have to try to – they let the opponent dictate all the terms. They have to play the opposing team's brand of basketball. And they're not talented enough to be 
able to, to adapt and acclimate that easy. Their, their roster is not diverse enough, and they don't really have, like I said, a style of play. Um, and I think that's why it's sporadic. Whether they play a great game or not, it's really kind of based on the matchups and if the backcourt gets hot for Texas, and their backcourt has not been stellar. Yeah. Especially one Max Asmus, right? I mean, yeah. you, when you're constructing this roster, Max Asmus is going to be one of your best players. Yeah. Uh, and he's going to, you know, he and Dylan DeSue are your go-to guys. These last three games, they were fortunate to win the one against K-State. Uh, by my math, Rod. They struggled um, too. I remember that. Max Asmus is 8 for 32 in the last three games. Ooh. Eight. He's taken 32 shots. He's made eight. And oh. He, yes. U-G-L-Y. Ain't no alibi for that. Yes. That's ugly, man. Uh, and he's getting deed up. And, you know, this was the question him coming in from, from uh, Oral Roberts. How would he stack up? How would his offensive game stack up against these, you know, mm-hmm. top backcourts in, in the Big 12 and top coaches in the Big 12 that coach up defense like Kelvin Sampson and Bill Self? He's, he's come up uh, – he, he's been – He's come up short. I think Rodney's got to do a better job of running him off screens and giving him an opportunity, but at the same time he's got to make shots. I mean, he's 8 for 32 in these, these last three games. Um, and it's just because he's going up against fit, bigger physical guards? Uh, Some of it. No, you can, you can put the reason on it, but no. uh, it's two things, right? They, in the last three games, they've won one of them. They've scored 61, 62, and 67 points. Problem is, in two of those games, they give up 82 and 86. So they're not playing defense. Um, yeah. To allow a team on its own floor to shoot 63% to make six of every ten shots they take, yeah. uh, it's just too easy. It's just too easy on the defense, the offensive end, and you're struggling offensively, especially with that Max Aceman's in a shooting slump and Max Aceman getting deed up. Um, you got to be able to get stops. That was always Chris Beard's mantra, right? Get stops, get, get stops, stops, get yeah. stops, and we'll give ourselves. We a can chance. win an ugly game late yes. in clutch time. Yes, but we got to get some stops. No, this yeah. the last two weekends, it's been it's been pretty ugly. Yeah, well, and they play when they play good teams, and like I said they get exposed, and the, the Big Twelve is like playing a you know playing in a tournament every night, and. I think they're they're a bubbleicious team, right? They're still on the bubble here. They bubbleicious. They got to win these home games and they're get the. As we said, they get the look. It's not the season ain't over, but at the same time, it's trending in a bad direction. They're going to Lubbock tomorrow night, where you know it's going to be crazy. Oh, they already they're camped la- out. Oh, last for tickets. Last game ever. Texas yeah. at Texas oh, Tech. It's going to be yeah. They're going to have all kind of T-shirts with horns down on them. Oh crazy. man, yeah. They, it's going to be wild. That I don't. Yeah, I hope they're ready for that. That's <laughs> I, I'm not gonna lie. I hope Texas basketball is ready for them. That's a hornet's nest you're walking into. And man. we'll preview that game closer tomorrow. Ooh. But Grant McCaslin, their first year head coach, is he's in line for coach of the year in the Big Twelve. I mean, Kelvin Sampson, obviously, with his team sitting atop the conference. Um, you know, but you know, Grant McCaslin came into a team when Mark Adams was what one and one and done or two and done yeah. at Texas Tech after Chris Beard left, and uh, he came in from North Texas. He's done a real good job. They're sitting there. I, I think they're the biggest surprise that are up there in, in the the top three because they're tied for third place right now yeah. in the Big Twelve. They beat Texas. They'll get the nine and six. Um, they've done a heck of a job. So, uh, so it, 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 look, it, it's not just the in games. Look, Rodney Terry built this roster, right? Mm-hmm. He went out and, and went yeah. after. I mean, that, that's roster building is a big part of college basketball right now. Oh, and sometimes yeah. you're going to hit, and sometimes you're going to take some misses. And I think right now Texas took some misses uh, in roster construction, and then that shows up on game day. Yeah, it does. Same time, they don't play with passion. It doesn't appear to me on defense. They don't. Defense is will, Rod. Defense effort. is effort. It's effort, man. And that's why I, I don't want, I'm not you know, trying to bash K.J. Adams from Westlake. I'm saying he can't go left. <laughs> yeah. So make him go left. Make him go left. Oh, this is basic <laughs> basketball. Yeah. Take his right hand away. Yeah. Don't let him go by you again and again and again. 
That's his basic rod. Boy, you should be on the scouting report. Like, that should have been before you got in the game. That should have been on the scouting report. Uh, Rodney Terry and uh, Frank Hayes, they're good enough coaches. That was on the scouting report. That was on the scouting report, man. So that's Will. Come on, man. Oh, yeah, that's just a simple attention to detail and executing. And, yeah, maybe there's a disconnect between what's being taught and the player's execution. But, yeah, that's, that should be a simple fix. And it, uh, why was that adjusted in-game? I know. If it, if, it, if it was on the scouting report, which we all believe it was, then why didn't you make the in-game adjustment? That's also, you know, an issue. Issue for sure. That's an issue. And that, that's, there were other examples of – I'm just using that as one. No, it's a good one. This is that's, a a, basic, that's an obvious one. Yeah, this is that's a one, basic – That's one high school – you know, that high school coaches get adjusted to and players should be adjusted. Hey, so, if he, yeah. you know, if he beats me with his left hand over and over again, okay, props to him. He can't yeah. keep going to, to the, the right. right every damn time. No, <laughs> yeah. you switch that up on a playground. Like, yeah. oh, no, this guy's he's got love to go right. He's got to make him go left. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But uh, so Kansas, Big 12 is going to be a heck of a race. And as we said, I expect when you yeah. see the uh, the new rankings come out today that we have the Houston Cougars sitting at number one um, based on what went on last weekend. Yeah. No, it's uh, they, they deserve it. They man. do. They are, they are an intimidating group. Yeah. And they got a brand of basketball that everybody knows. Everybody knows what you're going to get when you got the Cougars coming to town or you got to play them. Yeah. You know it. And, you know, Kelvin Sampson, that's year 10 for him there at Houston. He's built that culture. He's built that program into a team that can win a national championship without a doubt. And, you know, it's tough to just to reload a roster year by year, which is what, what Texas has had to do. Uh, but, you know, we'll talk about it if you were uh, in, in, in witness of that game. Also, Texas women, props to Vic Schaefer. Uh, talk about good, bad, and ugly. I mean, his team's won eight in a row. And that's if you're looking amazing. for big games this week, that uh, game at Norman against Oklahoma on Wednesday night is huge. Winner, uh, it really could be for the Big 12 regular season, which could also be for a number one overall seed come tournament time Man. Uh, in the big dance. Those, uh, I think the ladies are tied for, like, the most 30-point wins in the country, Texas basketball. It's crazy. Yeah, well, without Rory Harmon, it's, it's unbelievable what they've done. Yeah, it, really is. it feels like not having Rory Harmon will limit their ceiling big picture when they get to the dance, right? Oh, of but course. Uh, what yeah. they're doing with the injury and uh, you know, Man. you know, flipping on the fly and becoming a different kind of team, uh, pretty incredible. Because she, Rory Harmon, was their their quarterback. She I mean, was the heart and soul. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> both ends of the floor, and they're yeah. still winning at a high level. So props there. We'll come back when we do. We'll play some bullish or BS, including some of the other uh, good, bad, and ugly from the busy weekend. How about court storming? Court storming rod is becoming a controversial topic. Yes. What do we do about this? We have an injury in college basketball based on a court storm. Details coming in bullish or BS. It took a lot with Ian. Rod. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, Hook Em Up, 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. Yeah, back to work after a beautiful weekend in the ATX. We worked all weekend. Sorry. We got to get outside and enjoy some of the, uh, the 80 degree temperatures. Oh, yeah. This guy took my six-year-old to his first Texas softball game Sunday. Louisiana took an early 4-0 lead. We never had a doubt they would come back. My boy was so hyped he wants to uh, get to a baseball game soon. There you go. That's yeah, how you do it. I like that. Mm-hmm. Start them early. Start them early. Mm-hmm. Get them uh, on it. Get out there. Uh, get the sunshine, the vitamin D, Rod. Uh, that's what was all over the place <laughs> this weekend. And uh, All right, Rod, bullish or BS time, according to a report. The Kansas City Chiefs, according to Tom Pelissaro of the uh, NFL Network, the Chiefs are in talks to make Andy Reid the NFL's highest-paid coach ever. Bullish on that? No problem with uh, it? Yeah, I'm bullish on that. I mean, he's earned it. I mean, him and Patrick Mahomes have formed this 
unholy bond that is now taking over the NFL. I mean, I don't that they between his genius and creativity and play calling and Patrick Mahomes' ability to execute and make any throw and then also be able to improvise <laughs> and his clutch gene. I mean, that, I don't know if there's any stopping those two. And then you, they, they got Spags in there, and we've discussed he's the best defensive coordinator in the league, we believe. So you got the best defensive coordinator, the best offensive play caller, and the best quarterback. I, and a hell of a GM in Brett Veach. I mean, that's and, a hell of a – yeah, I don't know what you do to, no, you just <laughs> to keep stop that. Well, I mean uh, – the 65-year-old Reed is reportedly believed to rank eighth among NFL coaches in terms of average salary. So, time to bump that up. I mean, there's not seven Damn. other better coaches than him. Um, uh, but you, because you know, That's coaches wild. coaches' salaries aren't as widely reported as players. Obviously. No, they're not. You got to go. You got to do some research for it to find it. But yeah, I didn't realize he was seven. According That's to, too low. Yeah, according to Pelissaro, there are, there are six coaches believed to earn more than 15 million dollars per season. Wow. Reed's going to surpass all of them. At uh, this point. Yeah. It's about damn time. Yeah. Well, you know what? That's because, and that's because they have guys who they don't have a lot of egos there. I talked about Patrick Mahomes taking less money. Andy Reid probably should have demanded a, 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 no, an increase in salary or a raise. But after the first Super Bowl, I don't know when the last time he, you know, signed a deal. So he's not that concerned about Spags. We talked about Spags should be a head coach somewhere. Somebody should have given Spags a second chance. They haven't, even though he's admitted, oh, I, I would like to be a head coach again. But he's fine just sitting there being the defensive head coach for the Kansas City Chiefs. They just have guys that don't have huge egos. Feels like it, and right? That, Everyone plays their role. Everybody plays their role. That's, that's dangerous. Well, I think that's the, what the Spurs had. Well, like, again, you know, I think, egoless I think that attitude reflects leadership, and that's how Andy Reid is, right? Andy yeah, Reid is an egoless guy. You know, think, yeah. think about the, 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 the controversy in the Super Bowl when, they, when Travis Kelsey ran exactly. into him. And he yeah. was like – Downplayed it, no yeah. big deal. Yeah, right. He, uh, no pride about that. Played along with it, laughed yeah. about it. Um, you know, a lot of people took exception to the man. You can't treat your coach like that. You can't bump into your coach. Andrew was like, "No, we're cool here. We're okay. trying to win football games." Yeah, it happens. It happens. That's a, exactly. Like I think that's a big part of why they're so successful. Man, they just a lot of guys. They're willing. They put the team first. Yeah, a lot of guys are willing to put the team first. Um, all right, uh, how about this one here? You brought this up a couple of weeks ago, but it's it's rearing its head again. This story. The competition committee discussed at length the XFL kickoff again. A source said there could be a proposal for a March vote on a version of the XFL model as a way to address the kickoff. Too few returns this season. NFL wants to keep the returns in the game while making the play safer. We've talked about that XFL kickoff makes perfect sense. It's safer, and the XFL has – they have proof – that it works. It increases returns. Uh, they have way more returns and uh, they have way less, fewer touchbacks, I should say, than the NFL. I don't think they have any, actually. I don't know. The way it's set up, I don't even know if they do touchbacks. The, the last way the XFL three, is set up. They're, 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 they're going to look into it. Last I saw from what was it, Schefter, that they don't have the votes. They've got to get 24 of the 32 but votes. They, they, they keep pushing it. Yeah. And I'm, I'm glad they keep pushing it. Push is good. You know who should be happy about this? Keelan Robinson. Yeah. Kenny Robinson would be like, yes, push it through, please, immediately. So some team will go, all right, we need a kickoff return. Who's one of the best kickoff returners coming out right now? Keelan Robinson. This, this, this is the type of move or at least rule change that would really help guys like Keelan Robinson because then a team would think about, all right, we can put them on the practice squad, which they've expanded, and you can keep guys on the practice squad longer, and maybe we can find a complementary role for him offensively. But as a kickoff returner, if you're that good – and they're going to actually keep it in the game and incentivize teams to return, 
Guy may have a roster spot. There you go. So good for him. All right, Bullish or BS, Rod? We had an ugly incident in college basketball over the weekend. Duke lost at Wake Forest, oh, and the, uh, the Demon Deacon fans stormed saw the court. this. And uh, Kyle Filipowski uh, got collided with by a, a fan yeah. who was running full speed and yeah. took out his knee. Yeah, didn't he? Did he? Did he put us a foot out there? Did he? Well, I didn't think he was walking, but yeah, he did look like he was going to push the, the 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 student. Okay. But I mean, it, it begs the question of. What do we do about court storm? It's the second time this year we've seen one we saw in the Iowa game uh, at Ohio State where they when the Buckeyes beat Iowa and Caitlin Clark got run into yeah. running off the floor by I mean, you got these these kids running full speed across the floor. I'm not sure what the answer is, but that's ugly. And we'll see if Filipowski's uh, knee is uh, going to be okay. Too much court storming going on, by yeah. the way. Uh, first of all, it's happening too much frequency, and I think they need like a. First of all, you need more armed policemen on the floor because people wouldn't rush that floor. They see a policeman with a gun on them. They won't do that. Um, they also need a countdown to get the opposing team off the floor. Yeah, let them get off the floor. Like and a then... 15, 10, 15 seconds. Like, all right, we don't, it's, it's happening, guys. Oh, wait. It will happen. And then the other team can run off the floor real quick. And then they can like, let's go. Yeah, because well, obviously the game's over. You do a handshake typically, and then you try to get off the floor, but it happens immediately. Yeah, they say no handshake in that situation. Let's just go. Yeah, get out. Yeah, we'll text you later. Talk Good to you game. later. Yeah. <laughs> and you, you and the other coach can agree to that ahead yeah, of the game, right? I agree. Yeah, exactly right, because you know what's happening. Like, hey, yeah, we're getting out of here. We're getting out of here. All right, we'll yeah. come back. We'll hit our 8 o'clock hour, more uh, behind the burnt orange curtain. We'll be at the turn as well, talking Texas baseball, talking NCAA uh, and its issues. Talk about with Ian Rodby.